Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 218. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is sponsored by Frogtown Brewery, an independent craft brewery and tap room located in Northeast Los Angeles. Stop in and enjoy one of their excellent beers from their ever-changing, diverse menu. Tell them that Inside the Desert Oasis Room sent you and get your first pint on us. Limitations apply. For more information, go to frogtownbrewery.com and follow them on social media at Frogtown Brewery. On this episode, we are joined by Ken and Heather Pleasant. Heather is the granddaughter of the famous furniture manufacturer William Westenhaver of Whitco fame. And Ken, her husband, was trained by Will himself and has been manufacturing and restoring furniture and art in that same style for the last two decades. We chat about all things Whitco, including the history, legacy, and future of the business, and even give you tips on how to authenticate that Whitco piece you stumble upon. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash polynesianpop, where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash polynesianpop, where membership grants you early access to podcasts and videos, front-of-the-line privileges to new merch releases, as well as exclusive content, meetups, and screen credits. All righty, let's get into this. Grab a cocktail and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. And give it up for my friends Ken and Heather Pleasant. Milo's back. I'm back. He forgives me. Yep. He didn't make him too mad. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love cats. Uh, yeah, I love cats. I don't. I'm a cat guy too. That's. Are you really? Can, oh yeah. He yeah. can tell. That's why he's up next yeah. to you. I Hello. peg you guys as dog people. We had a dog. We we had a dog, and he was the best dog we've is ever that, had. Is that? What's the word that I'm looking for? Is that discrimination? Because you're from the Pacific Northwest. I picture you guys, you guys as dog people. Most people are dog people up there. Yeah, yeah, I guess they are. That's, that's I hilarious. I think as we get older, we're becoming more cat people. I've been a cat person the whole time. Yeah. I, I take a cat over a dog any day. I was a dog person. And uh, a okay, person. yeah, I'm a cat guy. I've had cats my whole life. And, you know, I just... People think that cats are assholes. It's kind of why I like them. Yep. You know? But um, also, like, they're just easier to me. I don't have to walk them every day, and I don't have no. to pick up their poop. I do have to clean their box, their litter box, but, you know, um, yeah. You can leave for a while, yep, and, and they're, they're fine. Gonna, they're going to be just fine. You can totally leave. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you guys joining us inside the Desert Oasis room. This is exciting for me because I think this is the first time we've had you on the show. Yeah. It is for sure. We've seen pictures of the space for years and we've wanted to visit and we're super happy to be here. I love it. I love it. I, I, I think it's crazy, you know, time flies. And I think it's crazy when I think about how long we've known each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So my daughter who was just here that just left, we've known each other longer than she's been alive. And yeah. <laughs> she's gonna be 21 this year. Yeah. So we go back way to the old school. Yeah, and 2002 or something like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's great. It's yeah. great. I mean, you know, how many people can say that they've had friends that long? And I don't even remember the last time was I saw you. It's been at least a decade, and it doesn't feel like it. It just feels like we picked up right, where, right where we left off, you know? <laughs> I know. So I love it. When love did it. we see you last? At Tiki Oasis, maybe, in San Diego? When, when did you go yeah, to Tiki Oasis last? A long like time. It's been a long time. It was when it was at that vintage hotel not the same hotel yeah. that it's at now well that was the, they stopped doing it at that hotel in 2005 yeah i think or oh. 2004 oh, really so no i think that, the last no. time i think the last time i saw you guys was in it was a road trip that i did up north you guys were bending out of your hotel room was that in san francisco I don't, oh, did you? Did you go when we vented to, at Trader Vic's last time? Yes. Okay, then that is the last time. That Trader Vic's is gone now. The last Trader Vic's we vended at was um, Emeryville. That's the only one. Oh we've done. no, so yeah. it wasn't that one. But it, there, no, there I, was a San Francisco Trader Vic's. The, this we was. We have never been there. I, oh, so maybe no. I'm mistaking the event. I think because so. there was an event up there that was held at this this kind of mid-century motel, and. We walked to the newly opened San Francisco Trader Vic's. This is the second iteration of Trader Vic's in San Francisco. And Martin Kate was bartending. Hmm. This was pre-Forbidden we Island. This was yeah. like that long ago. Wow. I'm okay. pretty sure we it was um, Tiki Oasis. San Diego. San Diego, probably about... I thought it was 2008 for some reason, yeah, but I don't know. I think it was about 2008. So then that means I hadn't seen you in 15 years. Yes. So I thought it was been, a decade. So it was it's been a long time. It's been a longer. It's been a decade and a half. Well, it's it's great to see you again, and you guys look exactly the same. <laughs> you look great. Thanks, That's man. nice. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank do you, you, actually. Oh, you do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Plus 20, right? Yeah. Plus 20 pounds, plus 20 years. Yeah. This <laughs> is great. This is great now. So uh, Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it's crazy to think about like uh, what the tiki scene was like when we first met. It was so much smaller. Yeah. We weren't doing these gigantic, expensive weekenders. Tiki mugs were $20. Yep. Right? Oh, if that. If yeah. that. Remember, I remember finding them at the thrift store every weekend, 99 cents. I did too. 50 yeah. cents. I did too. I, and, I found some of these over there. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is that I remember one day I just had to make peace with knowing that I'm just not going to find stuff anymore because yeah. their stores are so picked over. Now, they they have, are. They have people that um, that that hold stuff back for yeah, pickers. For, for pickers, yes. yeah. 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 So you're never going to find any good stuff. You know, no. I got pretty lucky, what, three weeks ago. What did, what did uh, you find? I found a really cool Hawaiian shirt 
but it was a cowboy style Hawaiian shirt. Which I've never seen. Oh, yeah. Long sleeve. A Western shirt. A Western yeah. shirt. Long sleeve, both Hawaiian print. That's pretty cool. It was very cool. I've never seen anything like it. I'm pretty sure it's homemade, but oh, it was uh-huh. really cool print. I love it. When's What's the last thrift store mug we've found? I don't know. It's been a it's while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, right? See? I can't remember either. It's been so yeah. long. Probably, I think we probably could... Trader Vic's coconut mug. Yeah. You, we we found always quite pick those, those up. You know what I'm buying at thrift stores these days? I'm buying jigsaw puzzles. Really? My friend I'm Leah addicted does. to jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> I love puzzles. My friend Leah does that. Yeah. Well, I love I love the puzzles. They're 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 fun, peaceful, challenging. Yes. Uh, I like doing like somewhere between the fifteen hundred and two thousand piece mm-hmm. size, you yeah. know. Well, do you find when you buy them at the thrift store that They're all the pieces the piece? are there? That's a great question. So, um, most of the time, yes. Yeah, I have had puzzles that when I finished it, there was one piece missing. There's only been one time in my life where I finished a puzzle and there were two pieces missing. Hmm. Wow, but That's pretty good odds. Yeah, but is. I've also found puzzles there that have never been opened oh right that they're still factory sealed yeah right yep so um you know you're going to get all the pieces in that one but i've always been a fan of jigsaw puzzles but i just never have time to do them it was during the pandemic when mm-hmm. we had to stay home and everything was shut down i just turn on youtube and i'd put on a concert or something and i'd sit there for hours and just do jigsaw puzzles on the table, you know? Sounds good. It yeah. was great. Yeah. It was great. It Pandemic taught me to like chill, you yeah. know? Like I used to I used to feel like I had to be at everything, but pandemic taught me that, you know, it's okay to stay home and do nothing. We were busy, man. It was it was it's like everybody yeah. was sitting home doing nothing, but they were shopping. And so oh, I was awesome. yeah. yeah, we were slammed. I was we, carving nonstop. Ken, oh, awesome. Ken went live with his new website. He updated his website right as the pandemic hit. And we didn't know what to expect. We thought... I think it was a year after. Because the site's been going four years now. Well, it was it was close to yeah. that time period. And we didn't know what that meant for, for um, people shopping. Okay. Um, but it turned out that everyone was home building tiki bars. <laughs> they were. And yeah. It was busy. Yeah. yeah, and and you've been busy ever since, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, that was a challenging time for me because when I record podcasts, I you know I re- record with guests. Mm-hmm. I, I go to bars, I go to, and then with a the vlog, like I go to events and I go out and do things. So when we couldn't go anywhere, I was like, how am I going to do this? So I just started doing phone interviews and I created this series that I called the COVID Chronicles because it was during the COVID period. And I thought like it would be kind of cool to create that series during that time so that I can document the style of podcast and how it changed for that period. And it opened me up to talking to a lot of international people too because oh, nice. it was always one of those things where it was like, oh, well, the next time you're here or the next time I'm there, I'll... You know, I'd love to record an episode with you. But now that we're all at home, you know, I'd be like, hey, like, so then the challenge was now, like, how am I going to do this recording with them uh, if while they're in Germany or while they're in Canada or while they're in Australia? And I figured out, like, so right here on my soundboard, uh, all I have to do, plug my phone into this cable right here. Oh, there you go. Yep. And then I call them using WhatsApp. 
because WhatsApp is a is an app that's similar to like texting, but it also includes phone and video, and so it's free. Wow! So I could call. I called uh, Tokyo um, last week, and we recorded a podcast. Wow! Yeah, that's and it's cool. just like calling. It's just like calling my neighbor next door. It's hmm. the same. And I just plug my phone into the soundboard. Now we have a, a way to record a podcast. And so I did that for, during COVID Chronicles, you know, for, for that period. But, um, yeah, I, that's awesome. You were able to parlay that time. Is that when you quit your job? Yeah, I quit my job uh, four years ago, actually. It would be... I guess January would so, have been four years. Like so right like, before pandemic? Yeah, the year before? year before, yeah. Okay. Year, year something before, because it would be January was four years. And yeah, Which got the kids out of college, uh, at least as much as I wanted to pay for. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and they got... What, what were you doing before? I was a pipeline inspector. Okay. Um, yep. So I worked for a company that basically uh, rented me out to BP and inspected their pipeline for the last eight years. Before that, I just worked on pipelines and stuff for years. Wow. wow. It was a... So... It, we'd been planning that transition for 20 years. Yeah. Cause we be, knew we were going to... That we were going to transition that way, but we just needed to raise the kids first because we knew that we could eat yeah. beans and rice if it didn't work out, but we didn't want to well, put the kids yeah, through see, any financial hardship. That's the thing, is that when you're on your own right you you can make the sacrifice but when you have like people that depend on you exactly yeah. you know kids family and all that stuff it, it changes things and you have to be more thoughtful about those decisions that must have been a heck of a change it's it's still a heck of a change honestly it is uh it's bizarre um Definitely. You've got, definitely got to be self-motivated for sure. That's the thing is the discipline of making yourself be productive. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. The good thing is, is you have all day long to be motivated. So if you're not so motivated at 9 a.m. and you do something or whatever, you can be motivated at 9 p.m. and still work if you I do want that. to. I, I mean, do that. Yeah. I do so. that. I'll, I'll be, if I'm lazy, if I feel like sleeping in or if I feel like, you know, I, I walk every day. I mm-hmm. walk about three and a half miles a day. And sometimes I'll get up and I'll think like, shoot, I still have to squeeze in this walk. It takes an hour. And then I'll look at the clock and I'll think, ah, you know, if I start working at this hour, I'll still be done by like, I try to put in like six to eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I'll work until midnight. Yep. You know? So, yep. like, if I start at the end of the day, you know, I'll work until midnight, yep. and I still put in a full day. So, the flexibility is nice. Um, yeah, it's you know, definitely... You have to be disciplined, though. Yeah. And he he is. Yeah. I don't like those hours at all. No, Heather... Can so, Heather them. has a job also. Okay. Uh, where she gets up at 3.30 a.m. in the morning, and she's home wow. by... Usually by I work for by the noon. school district, and I'm... I'm usually home around noon or yeah. one o'clock, okay. and then I can help Ken with the tiki business needs. Yeah, but we're always, I mean, like I say, it's an all day, all night thing, because we get a lot of questions on Whitco and stuff. And yeah. Answer questions all day all long. Day. <laughs> yeah. Lots Emails of questions. Emails and Emails. messages on our Whitco Decor um, Facebook and Instagram yeah. about 
identifying pieces. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, which we love to do. Absolutely. We love that people are preserving pieces and they're still finding lots in the wild. That's one thing. We might not be finding mugs, but people are finding Whitco like crazy. I, I find Whitco all the time. Yeah. The two days before we left to come to California, I found a Whitco throne for $50. Oh, wow. And it was about an hour away from me. And I messaged the lady and said, hey, I'm I'm, I'm interested. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that if you still have it. Do you ever it. tell them the, the, the no you don't because then they're, they're well, good, they so I've bought they stuff. could take advantage of that well right? not only that I don't want someone to feel bad because a lot of times they have their own story in their head gotcha. about how so and so got it from Hawaii or right. or there's Grand, just this got, story yeah. about, and right. it's like I just don't want to burst their bubble and if yeah they're happy you want to tell this, them like yeah, no that's mm-mm. not from Hawaii no yeah. <laughs> one of them said his his grandpa carved it yeah and. I honestly, I just didn't have the heart to say he no, didn't. No, yeah. because, I mean. <laughs> because your wife's grandpa carved yeah, it. Right, right. So for our listeners that don't know, I know you know who we're talking to because you clicked on the title. Our friends Ken and Heather Pleasant from the Pacific Northwest in Washington. They are, so Heather is the granddaughter of William Weston Haver. I'm, I'm going to say this. Weston Haver. Weston Haver. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say it wrong. Weston Haver. So is your maiden name Weston Haver? Yes. Okay. So Heather Weston Haver. Heather Weston Haver and her husband Ken, who was trained by William himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the heirs to the Whitco throne. Yeah. If you're wondering what they are talking <laughs> about, I assume that you already know since you're listening to the podcast. Uh, and. The Tiki people listen to the podcast, right? So right. they have yeah. to know by now, but we've got to do that because someone's got to put the comments below. Hey, man, who, who are you talking to? How come you don't ever say, like, who's that? <laughs> but, and it's funny because when people come on, they say, yeah, you know what? You need to tell us who you're talking to. And I'm like, well, you clicked on the title. Their name is in the title, right? I don't put anything else other than the guest's name in the title and the podcast number. So whatever the number is going to be for this episode uh-huh. to something. And then it will say Ken and Heather Pleasant, right? So so <laughs> you clicked on the title. Clicked on it. Right? <laughs> but uh, so I got to dumb it down sometimes. So there you go. Um, I don't even know where to start with that, with the whole Whitco thing because I assume Heather you grew up in a house full of Whitco I did um, part of the time my parents um, divorced when I was really young Um, my grandfather William Weston Haver is on my father's side and they shared custody of me and my my dad was a really really young father who had me when he was in college okay and so he enlisted my grandparents quite a bit to help him with me. So when I would go and stay with him on weekends and holidays and stuff, it, I was with my grandpa a lot. So you were with him in the workshop. Yes. And- I sat beside him many days with my art supplies next did you work alongside with him yeah yes did did he teach you also how to Uh, do some of the stuff that he did i was a little kid so yeah he would hand me his his art supplies and my paper and i had a little spot next to him when he would be at his easel and we would just hang out and do art when my son was a little boy when he was like i don't know let me think about the timing maybe when he was like five or six 
I'd be on the garage and I'd be carving stuff too. And if you'll recall back in the day, I used to also do carvings and I'd vent alongside yeah. you guys at some of these yep. events. And I'd be out there carving stuff and cutting wood and all that stuff. And I'd cut, uh, I'd do a lot of scroll cutting with a jigsaw, right? Yep. Because you have that, the blade that you could do that with. And my son had a little toolbox full of plastic Fisher Price tools. Yeah. And he had a battery powered jigsaw that had this little thing in it that spun that basically bounced. Uh, and so it sounded like it was carving, like cutting. Yeah. So if you pulled the, the trigger, this thing would spin on the bottom of it and go tick, 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 and just bounce on the table or That's whatever, funny. right? Yep. So he'd be alongside of me and he would, I'd cut a piece of wood and I'd throw it over my shoulder and he'd pick it up and then he'd try to cut it with his toy Fisher-Price so jigsaw. Cute. But then he'd, after he would do that, he'd pick it up and he'd look at it and then he'd look at the bottom of his jigsaw like, What's what the hell's on? wrong with my jigsaw? <laughs> <laughs> so did you do any of that kind of stuff? Um, I was. I remember being envious of how talented right, he was. He right. could draw anything, but um, no, not. I mean, not so much. We, they, ha their whole. He built his house. I mean, with a, he had an architect design it, but everything that we were surrounded by was Whitco. Every piece of trim in that yeah, house was carved. Yeah. All of the built-ins, like a China cabinet, entertainment center, railings, everything yep. was carved. Um, and the furniture was Whitco. Um, and then we spent a lot of time out in the San Juans on Guimas Island, where he built a little A-frame cabin as well that still exists, and it's wow. um, it's all Whitco. Wow! It's how cool is that? Yeah, I'll have to share pictures with you sometime. Yeah. It's, it's it's spectacular. I, I'd love to see that. It's really cool, and um, a lot of that stuff I grew up with, uh, our furniture that we still live with, is Whitco in our living room. Yeah. Did your dad carve too? Yes, he okay. did. Um, so was he part of the business? Well, my. My grandfather had three sons. He sent them all to college. Um, they, my dad became a echocardiologist. Yes, um, and his oldest son Jerry was the GM for Hyatt Regency, and their youngest son Ty is a chiropractor. So when they would come back for summer break, they would work, work at the Whitco factory. Um, Ty says all he got to do was dump ashtrays and vacuum. <laughs> but uh, my dad probably said, all they trusted Ty with. Yeah, probably. He's funny. <laughs> um, but my dad got to work in the painting department, so oh, he would paint okay. some of some of the big Whitco plaques yeah. you see with the the painted backgrounds. Yeah. He would do those. And then my dad, after I was born, my dad dropped out of college for a little while, um, and he worked with my grandfather doing carvings after Whitco closed. Yeah. So they continued after 1978 to do a lot of local projects, restaurants, um, and just private homes and stuff. And my dad wow. my dad carved as well. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. hearing these, these stories about all of these legendary artists from back in the day, like the stories I've been hearing in the past year with the Oceanic Arts guys. Yeah. You know? And, and their legacy, and like I know some of their kids, you know. So I hear stories from them as well. Before we go any further, though, and before these beers get warm while they're still cold, <laughs> would you like one? Sure, I'll so, try one. So this beer is a painkiller IPA. 
I'll hand this over to you. All right. And you can pass that down. And Frog it's made Town. by our friends at Frogtown Brewery, who is a sponsor on our podcast. So uh, this is a painkiller-inspired IPA. All right. Let's try so it. Let's, let's open these up. So shout out to our friends at Frogtown. Cheers. 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 Cheers to you guys. All right. Mm, it's good stuff. So, you know, as a tiki guy, we all kind of have this fascination on what's different, right? Mm-hmm. My father was a theme park architect. And that's where I got my interest in all of this experiential kind of stuff. And he was an artist as well. And I remember as a kid, he used to paint. He'd paint oils. and um, But he wasn't like <laughs> your, your grandfather. My dad would lock the door at his studio <laughs> <laughs> so that we couldn't bother him while he painted. And he had like a little art studio, a little room. And he would he'd paint these gigantic oil paintings that are the size of like this whole panel. Oh, wow. Yeah, because his grandfather was an artist that would, uh, he would paint also oils and he would hang them in hotels and things like that in the Philippines. And um, my father had paintings that he sold them also. I, I don't know how or where, but I do remember seeing pieces as, as they'd get finished, he'd get them framed, and then he'd sell them, and he'd sign them and stuff. And I remember there were a few that I really liked, and I thought, oh, I, w- I wish he would keep that one. I'd like to keep that one. And now, like, I'm always on the lookout for them, but I don't think he was – he wasn't, like, a prolific artist, and so he didn't do, like, a ton of art because his – you know, he, was, he had a day job. He was an architect yeah. during mm-hmm. the day. So do you have any? I don't have any. Wow, really? Yeah, because when my father died – uh, so what, when my parents, like, and later on in life, when my parents retired, they separated, and my dad moved to Kentucky, and he went basically to Kentucky with just a bag of clothes hmm. and his car, and that's it. Like, he, everything, all his possessions, like, I don't know what happened to his possessions, wow. you know, and so I don't have any of his art, so... um Have you seen any at all since? Not since. When you search for no, I mean like there's photographs right from Uh when I could pull up a shoebox with a bunch of old photographs, and there's photographs of his art. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. that after he'd finish a piece, we take a photo of it, but it's you know it's a faded yellow photograph. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, so that's that's uh it's kind of cool that you're able to see the stuff that your grandfather oh, did i am so yeah. lucky yeah. and i know i am i feel um, and i love that he has a legacy that people really really admire they yeah. do and i feel like it's part of mine and ken's responsibility to absolutely keep spreading that legacy and absolutely keep, keep talking about yeah. him and teaching people about all of the art that he did and yeah there's definitely more than just Whitco decor uh i can't count how many paintings we have yeah oil paintings oil paintings water all different styles all different it's just crazy yeah um, i mean screen printing yeah screen printing he did uh, it. we have etchings it's just it's, it's amazing it's amazing the, yeah. the wow. amount of of work that he did and Whitco. I mean, he he designed 
thousands of pieces just in, within the first couple years. That's what he did. Wow. He was just constantly sketching new ideas. And um, recently we cleaned out his storage unit and f- um, opened up a couple boxes that we had never opened. Oh, wow. So we're discovering new things yeah. all the time. All the time. Very cool little, stuff. little sketch ideas of, um, you know, the yeah, moment yeah. he decided I'm gonna make this chair with this ornately carved woman on the back, little sketches like that yeah. on napkins, on scratch paper. Yeah, um, and we'd always wondered, we, we I mean, it's like, gosh, some of this stuff has to exist. And we uh, we were just lucky we found it. I mean, I'm it sure just, there's tons that- Yeah, we that haven't even went through all of it yet. It's, there's just, yeah, it's crazy. I'm sure it's just scratches the surface, honestly. I'm sure that lots of that doesn't exist anymore but we're really lucky to have um what we do and and my grandmother clipped a lot of newspaper articles oh that's awesome and so i have books and books that i pull from to do research when i do go around and speak about his legacy um i'm able to answer a lot of questions that i never asked him while he was alive just dates and um events and I've spent the last few years just kind of putting the puzzle together, and it's it's interesting, it's, yeah. and it's really cool to to feel like you can I can go up in our attic, open a box, and we kind of get him back for a minute. We're yeah, it's like mm-hmm. he's there, and I can ask him. And, that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Like one of my questions was going to be does he does he feel like he's alive again? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't even know where to start. I, I have so saying what you've said. So you do uh, do you do you do a lot of presentations or lectures about him? Um, I've done a few. I would like to do more. I've um, I've spoken at, in Atlanta at Inuhele a okay. couple times. Okay. I'm going to be speaking at TikiCon in Portland this July. Um, I've, I'm doing a private event up near where we live in the Pacific Northwest this summer as well. Um, but that's really it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Not that many. Hopefully, we're yeah. I I would like more. to do more. It's just hard to get away. I I have another job, and then I help Ken with the tiki business, and we just our website is super busy. We get a lot of business, which is awesome, but it doesn't really allow us to get out much. Yeah, that's why it's it's really hard to make these it's events. It's blessing and a curse. Yeah, right? it is. I mean, yeah. yeah, just to be able to come. I mean, I can't believe we're down here, honestly. I can't believe you're down here. <laughs> I'm happy that you guys are we, down we're here. We're happy too. But that's just that's all the reasons probably why I haven't seen you in so long. It's, yeah, it's good to be busy. You know? Yeah, it's good, it's good to be able to do that. So, another question I have is: I know that there were catalogs. So. In addition to the stuff that was not in the catalog, are you cataloging all of those as well? Because it'd be nice to just uh, just for history's right. sake right. to document everything that was made. So we don't have a. I mean, we we know about lots of pieces. We don't have every single piece to that puzzle. Um, I think one of our goals, though, is to create a collector's edition so that people could flip through it and look pieces up and identify it themselves yes. because I know everyone wants one and we just don't have time to answer all these questions it takes a lot of time and research and it takes away from our actual production 
and I think um, our goal is definitely to get a collector's book out there for yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and catalog have everything cataloged. Yeah. So when you guys are creating pieces for a marketplace or for an event, are you trying to reproduce some of the vintage pieces, or are you just doing them in the style and just creating new? Well, both. I'm doing both. both. Yeah. Yep. Uh, definitely try. I We do a lot of the, the old designs for okay. sure. Try to. It's, like like uh, at Hardcore Marketplace this last weekend, you did a few of Grandpa's designs, right? Yep. Which ones? Oh, we had the world there and the fire dancers. Everybody. Luana. Loves, yeah. Luana. We did a Luana. Uh, um, but also, Ken designs lots of new new pieces and mm-hmm. I design lots of pieces too. We try to do like some just um holiday items and um yep. little plays on things that grandpa did, but we change them maybe with a p- different paint color palette. Um also the one thing we do a lot of is we make a little bit smaller versions mm-hmm. because Whitco, as you know, the pieces are gigantic mm-hmm. yeah. and people run out of space. Yeah. And do you think the do you think the pieces are big? I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Do you think the pieces are big because of the style of carving? Yes. Because yeah, chainsaws. I, yeah, it's hard to make yeah. smaller There's pieces. There's not a lot of detail, especially after you burn everything. It's really hard to actually keep a lot of detail unless you're carving big and deep. You know? yeah. yeah. And and then you get your your detail stays after you burn it. So, um, and bigger is easier. <laughs> It's, oh yeah, it's yeah. harder to to work with on backgrounds because your backgrounds become so big and your frames and stuff. But as far as carving goes, it's way easier to carve something bigger than it is to try to shrink it down and and all make the little small. details and stuff. Yeah, because they kind of disappear. And Whitco didn't really; they didn't need a lot of that little detailed carving because the wood we use is so. Um, has a ton of wood it's grain. it's got so much deep wood grain well, that that it becomes it looks very complicated, right? Even well, if you don't carve much on it. Are you guys using swamp cedar? He was using swamp cedar, right? He That's called, what he it called it swamp cedar, but it's just I mean it's it's just cedar. It's just cedar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The swamp and, cedar sounds exotic. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, I'm not sure. It sounds interesting. <laughs> it does right? sound And that's what he would say. Uh, I think but, he just made that up. But we have, I have a guy who, who mills it for me. Uh, Big thick. Because we, this I is use interesting because I always thought swamp cedar was like a specific kind of cedar. I well, think it may it be. Is. I, I, I just think don't there think. Is a, it's, there's a lowland or swamp cedar. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure it's actually what he used. Uh, oh, okay. Like it's. Why do you say that? Because, because where we, we live we about live. 30 minutes from Grandpa's factory, so we're, we're using the same kind of wood that he used. It yeah. grows there. We have it milled there. Okay. Um, and it's it's just cedar to us. Yeah. yeah I, so, I mean, swamp cedar is a thing. I just don't think it was a Whitco thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you carved this guy for me. Yeah. Um, let's see. what That was delivered to a house that I lived in in 2003. So that was yeah. at least 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Shortly, yeah, because it's it's based on the Kahiki Moon Tiki that I did. That's right. And that was two, end of 2002, beginning of 2003 ago. when I did those. For, right, right. For, that's why, I, that's why I, I knew the time frame because where I was living, I still envision, I, st- I could still see it in my head when it was delivered. 
and me trying to roll it into the house. <laughs> it's you heavy. Know, yeah, it's it was heavier one. then than it is yeah, now. I yeah, bet. it's probably it's dried, dried out. out. I'll dry it out now. <laughs> and I remember unrolling that thing, and it smelled heavenly. Oh, yeah. It doesn't smell like anything now. Yeah. And I, it probably does, like, if I, if I, you know, stick my nose in there maybe. somewhere. Or maybe give it a little torch yeah. or give it a little whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's unfinished. What I mean by unfinished, not I don't mean, like, incomplete. What I mean is there's no finish on yep. the exterior. Didn't put a finish on it. There's no finish on it, right? So the burning that you put on that thing, like, look at that grain. Yeah. I think that... Sometimes it's a shame that a lot of the the wit, original Whitco pieces are so dark you don't see that grain. Yeah, it's if they get bleached out yeah, a little if you, bit. Yeah, if it you throw your out. it in sun, they'll bleach out pretty quickly. Okay, and depending even, on how even light, light you want, through a I mean, window. It, yeah, light okay. through a window will definitely bleach them out mm-hmm. and bring out. Because I've seen pieces in people's homes, you can see the grain, you can see the texture of the grain, mm-hmm. but you can't see the grain underneath the color of. You know whatever uh, right finishes on it. Yep, it very it definitely varies. It does vary. There are some that are really light, and then uh, in the beginning he was using a different wood too that doesn't really have a good wood grain at all. It's just a dark, yeah, wood. Nineteen sixty two, I think. Yeah, he, he, he used he, alder as well. Yeah, and well, it just doesn't really have a grain. So this one behind me is by Bosco, mm-hmm. and that's made out of redwood. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And he's found a way to kind of emulate that yep. grain using redwood. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Which is the same family. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. What are your thoughts about if someone finds like an old piece, what are your thoughts about when they restore it? So, to me, um, depending on how bad it is, I honestly, if it's just a wooden piece of Whitco, no backgrounds, no nothing. Like a stool or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's I would, funny you say like a stool because I have an example that I was going to use. I would literally take it outside and spray it down with a water hose to get all the dust because you know how Whitco it is. Gets it's really dirty in the, really the cracks. Yeah, yeah. I'd spray it down and then let it dry completely. Let it dry completely and put Howard's Feed and Wax on it. And to me, that's not necessarily restoring it. It's just putting some replenishing oil it back yeah. into yeah. its yeah dried yeah, out. Yeah, replenishing it. Yeah, yeah, you're not really restoring it if you're doing it that way. So here's my but here's what I'm getting at. Go ahead. Yeah. So restoring it, I would not restore. I would not reburn a Whitco. Okay. Uh, because I've, or how about the people that like restain it, reshellac it, varnish well, if the it's hell got, out of if it. Well, if it's got big white marks in it or chunks out, then yeah, I would I would use a black stain or even a Sharpie to try to... Because the interior is such a light yeah, color. Yeah, because it'll like be lighter. Like a big chip so out of it, you don't want that. I would try to stain that darker to match the whole tiki, but... But you wouldn't go over the entire thing. No, so I've done... A, I've, I've restored a few of them completely where I, I reburn them and redo the whole finish. And... You lose that much more detail again because you're burning right, it Right, because you're burning it again. Yep. And also, if it's an old Whitco, it tends to splinter more. Uh, it just It's not a nice, smooth finish like it was the first time. Like, for instance, I redid a table for Martin Kate, uh, a coffee table for them. And it was actually a pain <laughs> to get okay, it yeah, to look yeah. good to, to, because yeah, of yeah, how yeah. you know it turns out. So 
I really wouldn't advise somebody to reburn and do that. I would just, I would say definitely if there's white spots knocked out or whatever, just stain them and try to blend them. Yep, blend them as. So here's the question that I have, and this is why I'm asking you. Um, so when the Tiki Tea opened, Ray Buen used bar stools from the Luau because mm-hmm. they had closed before the Tiki Tea opened. And he got all the bar stools. Well, he got like a dozen of them, and he used them in his bar. They were used in the Tiki Tea up until just a few years ago when they were finally replaced. These things, I don't know how they made it like, 60 years, 50 years or 60 years, 60 years, because they were duct taped and screwed and duct taped and screwed and you sit on them and they're wobbly and all that kind of stuff. But they're pieces of history. Mm -hmm. Right. So when they were removed from the bar and replaced with brand new stools, like just like these in the Desert Oasis room, those are the kind of stools they Mm -hmm. use now. Mm -hmm. These vintage stools, I got a pair. Oh, nice regulars got first hands on them right Mm -hmm. and another guy got a pair another one of the regulars and he stripped all the duct tape off of them and he put all new screws in them and he sanded them down and he re-varnished them like you know Mm -hmm. he redid them they look brand new Mm -hmm. and then when i got my pair um senior asked me so are you gonna do what so-and-so did to his and I said hell no he ruined them <laughs> because to me like the history is all in the patina mm-hmm. and I didn't want to remove yeah. all of that it has you know? layers of it yeah so like so that's I guess that's what my question is like what are your thoughts about when people when they find an old Whitco uh, bar or I get it they want to pretty it up yeah but you're almost like you know, I don't know. There's there's that conundrum, right? Like there you, is. you get an old house, like you you can't like just leave an old house to be a derelict old house. But well, well, like your pieces are pretty coming from where they did means something. Whereas the bar, I'd say the Whitco bars, they don't necessarily. It's just comes like from somebody's house or whatever. Right. So there's really no history provenance to it. Yeah. and history where like yours at the are, Tiki you've tea. got a history. You know, they were at the Tiki Tea, and right. I I totally understand not. Yeah, when he Redo they told me that he did that to his stools, I, I ga- I audibly gasped, <laughs> and and you know I was like, oh my god, he ruined them. Why did he do that? Yeah. And then uh, they, they actually laughed, and senior laughed at me and said, what do you mean he ruined them? Like he he restored them back to original. I said that's not original. Yeah. That's you know that original was you know when they came from the luau like they didn't use the stuff that you know like yeah. it's that's yep. not original yeah. anymore i guess it's it's a personal preference but sure. i know that for us we leave things alone as much as we can as much as we try to I, I, yeah. I mean, if it's, we try if, to clean things really yeah. well but I guess other than like, that no i would replace screws too if i want to use it and it be safe i would i would replace screws and stuff i guess the way that i see it is if someone found an old egyptian sarcophagus and rather than dust it off as best as they could and cleaned it as best they could if they like took plaster and started repairing all the parts that were chipped off and took paint out and started repainting the sarcophagus like right you know yep are are you restoring it or are you just ruining it yeah yeah you know? you're completely changing you're it. definitely that's, changing that, it. that's uh that's that's yeah how i yeah. feel about my stools from the tiki tea yep. you know so um which stools are they? 
I are they show are you. they a, I can bring a really in. narrow neck with a head or are they like no, they're, they're just standard. the kind with the carved out little... no they're just standard um rattan bar stools mm. um with a red vinyl um cushion mm. um oh so they're well, not Whitco. they're not Whitco. oh oh they're, no. Whitco. they're from the luau beverly okay. hills mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah. i understand what you're saying now yeah yeah. yeah, my question yeah, is, but same my question thing. is like, same what deal. are your thoughts about? I would, yes, yeah, like, deal. So my thought is like all the duct tape over the years, and there's all different colored duct tape from at each time they tried to repair it. Right, right. right. Yeah, and I don't think I, I see what you're, I wouldn't, I would not fix those. But up you're just also the history. Yeah. You're very passionate about tiki history. You're, uh, you're, you. These types of things are very, very special to you, and maybe someone else that might bring something in their home wants it to be. You well, they just I'll, don't care see, so much about that. They want. I'm it. not going to use them in here. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're to me, they're too valuable to. Just, right. You know, they are falling apart, mm-hmm. and one of them. So I got a pair, and one of them has a split on top or the vinyl split mm-hmm. and so um you can see into it into the cushion and so senior gave me an extra uh seat top oh so i could just take the old one off and put the new well mm-hmm. it's not new but it's not split right. right it just came from another stool that actually fell apart yeah mm-hmm. and so he's like well here's an extra one so if you want to replace the one that's split and i'm like I, I just like it the way that it is. Yeah. That's the way it, you know what I mean? That's yeah. the history, yeah. right? Like, I don't want to, like, restore away the history, right. you know? No, I totally, I understand yeah, that. I Absolutely. Get yeah, I Absolutely. We'd probably do the same thing, honestly. Yeah. We don't really mess with our, um, we do have one, we have a living room set that we've had for years that we bought off eBay um, that came to us and a lot poorer condition than we were and expecting and we said, yeah. and we put it in one of our outbuildings and we haven't restored it and we probably will make some changes we'll to definitely, that because uh, it, it's not usable and, and what's different with you guys too is I mean like we know how to do you it you know how to do it yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're the family that's yeah, doing that's it yeah that's true you know like if it was me just some schlub just wrecking a Whitco that's a different yeah. thing yeah. but like that's that's within your pedigree. That's true. We do know which upholstery belongs on it, and so it would be done properly. Yes, you know? that's true. That's like an old Model T being restored by the great grandson of Henry Ford. Like, it's not like my next door neighbor <laughs> who bought the Model T at a swap meet and then yeah. he wants to restore it. Like Henry Ford's great grandson is restoring it. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. That's right? true. We do so. a lot of. Uh, um, I guess replacement, just p- pieces. replacement pieces. The outrigger. The outrigger is oh, yeah. always missing the outrigger piece. And matter of fact, we brought one down here for a lady. So that, you have people like they commission you to, oh, this piece is gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just redo. Yep. Like a fire dancers. Like maybe there's one missing. I mm-hmm. could do that. Yep. Uh, I. They have the fish, you know, the little fish guys, right. a bunch of fish, and the fish were broken or missing. I've replaced fish on stuff. Oars on Viking Oars, ships. Yeah. and Boxes um, for fountains. I know I'm, I eventually will even have those available on the website. It's just a matter of finding time to get it all. Yeah. Yeah. But I've redone boxes and fountain well, that's pieces. Cool. And, yeah. The bowls are a little bit sketchy because they're wood. They're eventually going to crack no matter what. It's and kind of a liability. <laughs> yeah. How does a wood... I assume there's a liner in there. 
Y- you know, some of some um, of them, but or most, were they just they were they were just, just varnishing them? They with were just the, yep. Mm-hmm. And then it's cedars, which cedars does well with water. Um, okay. Eventually it rots, but, but it takes a long yeah, time. But they crack too. The cracks are the problem. Is when they start drying and cracking out, then well, you know it's this this tiki that you carved for me, mm-hmm. it was perfect when you shipped it, and then it within cracked. the first, mm-hmm. it, it only was like a week. Yeah, it had got a big check down the back, yep. like mm-hmm. all the way down, and and opened up like yep. a good half an inch. Oh yeah, yep. and I thought, oh my god, and you could see like the the unfinished plain looking wood inside. So a lot of them do that. Even Whitco does that, and um, vintage Whitco. Yeah, vintage Whitco. And the, there's there's a trick where you just get black spray paint. <laughs> Spray oh, it yeah, into yeah. the crack and then and, wipe and the just surface. Spray it. Well, with his, he doesn't have a finish, so yeah. I would definitely just I would the way I would do it is spray into the crack, but try to keep either Cover tape or something on the outside, so you're darkening the inside. That's and, what it is. You'll, I'll show it to you after yeah, we finish yeah. this. And Grandpa even had a. Um, it said that in his book. Yeah, in all the catalogs, there was a a sheet that described how to remedy anything like that oh, that okay, happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured it was just because it came from the Pacific Northwest where the air is more moist and mm-hmm. comes down yep. here to Southern California. It dries where it's, out. It's a desert. Our air is more dry yeah. And, it yeah. just, yep. and it just dried out. Yeah, yep. it happens all the time. We bring pieces in um, inside just to dry them out a little bit sometimes before we use them. And you can hear them all through the night popping, popping. and cracking out. We'll have them lined up out in our living room. Yeah. Oh, and wow. you can even, I mean, they doesn't matter how long they dry out they they still crack more they just just yeah. the way it is especially the full logs yeah like the, that the flat stuff's not as bad uh the masks and stuff they're not quite as bad about cracking and checking too bad uh luckily because a lot of those are on the wall you know but with the poles yeah it's hard to keep them from yeah cracking so while i have you guys here and this just popped into my head, but I thought it'd be kind of helpful for our listeners that are interested in collecting or looking for Whitco. What are some of the things that you can tell them to look out for if they're curious about identifying the authenticity of something that they have? Uh, are there markings? There's not a lot of mark. I mean, some of them yeah. have tags. On the wall plaques, there's almost always... A in big grease in pencil. In big grease pencil, a number on it. A W dash, and then the item number. Okay. Or it can be usually. Yeah, or it can be any letter. He had other letters. He too did, he used but for, a lot of times it's a W. Because everything has a. I figured item out number. what the W means, but what about the other letters? Was that what are the? Um, um, sometimes I think there's a WL where for Whitco lamps. Um, it's just. Whatever I he think needs. he just ran out of yeah. numbers and changed them towards yeah. the end. So everything he, had an item number. Yeah. And usually on plaques, it's on the back of the plaque. It there, had a, it always would ha- have had a paper tag as well, but mostly those are lost. Yeah. Um, sometimes with the older pieces, there's a little brand. Yeah, there's some it's branding a, on a some of them. Abstract W and yep. cursive ITCO ink. Yep. And that was what they were called early on incorporated and they dropped that later so if you find a piece with that it means it was it's usually before 1960 it's an older piece three i think think something like that i don't know exactly but it's older yeah and then too like it's definitely not a whitco if 
if you look at it and say it's a flat wall mask and all of it is carved exactly the same depth because it's if if that's the case then it's probably been done with a router right and it's it's not a Whitco yeah because Whitco used right, a chainsaw yeah. and on all their masks your your grooves in your in your mask and stuff are going to be different depths because they didn't they can't hold their chainsaw perfectly at the right, right level all peaks the and valleys and all yep, that kind yep. of stuff yeah so anything routered is is not Whitco I mean it's you can yeah. usually tell the difference between a router sure, and a sure. chainsaw. Um, and they didn't use, uh, we get a lot of questions about cats. Yeah. Um, there's a there's another company that did cats really similar, the, those freestanding ones that, s- that sit on a table um, that look similar to Whitco. If they have plastic eyes, they are not eye, Whitco. Googly eyes. Whitco did gotcha. not use plastic. Nope. But if they have uh, pegs, Whitco used a lot of wood. pegs in the eyes, wooden pegs. They used tiles, ceramic tile in the eyes for a lot of stuff. Then those are probably Whitco. But if they've got plastic eyes, then they're not. And when he was making these pieces, did he have helpers that were making them too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they he, would carve in his style. Yeah. So what he would do is he would make the design. He would carve one. Um, then prototype. A prototype, make a template. And then the carvers, that's what they went by. And then they would just reproduce it over and gotcha. over and over. So, so it, the the high point of Whitco, he probably had, he could have had seven carvers out yeah, there all carving all day. And then he had another section of the warehouse where people were doing, working with um, metal work, another yeah. section, painting, painting boxing, wrapping. yeah, shipping. Uh, he had giant kilns. He had a giant wow. lumber yard. So there's a there's a lot of Whitco, vintage Whitco. The kilns were to dry the logs mm-hmm. or dry the wood. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When you said like seven carvers, up to seven carvers carving all day, I immediately felt my back go. Eh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's Ask crazy him about that? Yeah. So when when Bill taught me how to carve, uh, <laughs> we used the Whitco chainsaws. And they were like old school. They're, so they're, heavy. They're electric chainsaw. They're corded, and they're an electric chainsaw, and they're all metal. Oh, Every yeah. bit of them is metal. So they're like the old. It's a. I think it's Craftsman or something. They're really cool. They like are. They're shiny, really cool, shiny, chrome-looking chrome metal. But it, there's no plastic on them, so they are heavy. So when he taught me, we would. He had a pulley system he had rigged up at the factory too, and literally you clip the chainsaw on. And it had these weights over here that would make take the weight off the chainsaw. And then you're sitting here trying to carve with this cable, basically. Wow. And he had it down. I mean, I, that's what I learned Talk on. Talk about, so that's how he did it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not like a thing. That's something that he engineered yeah, like, that's yeah. how, to yep. make it easier. Yep. Yes. So they could actually do it all day. And I used that for quite a while. And <laughs> finally, I, I resorted to a, cheap plastic lighter chainsaw and yeah. got away from the pulley system and it was still electric corded but now i'm got away from that and i'm on to cordless chainsaws so yeah and they're all they're light also yeah so. yeah well we have like we have the technology of the 2000s right of the tech like 2023 yeah to where we can take advantage of like our technology absolutely We're yeah. wielding all this old heavy stuff yeah from before so i got them all hanging on the wall now i think i have three of them from the from the factory 
and I have them all in my shop hanging on the wall. Yeah. They're really cool. They, they have Grandpa's cool. writing. He etched into, yeah. scraped into it. It says Whitco decor. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. There's. You got to send me a photo of that. I want to okay. see a photo yeah. of we that. Okay, we will. I got an old drill that's got Whitco decor etched into it and stuff. And yeah, whatever old photos you have, I'd, I'll include with this episode. Okay. I yeah. think people I have, would be interested I have some really that. cool pic- black and whites of the factory of the kiln. Yeah, and I'd of, like to see all Of that. the carvers and stuff, I How can send cool. to you. Yeah. Do you know what happened to some of those carvers? Did they end up breaking off and doing their own things? Some of them. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, and it was a, Whitco is a big employer in our community. Okay. Um, we actually run into people around town who will be like oh my dad worked there my grandfather or um you know it's it's actually it's they were the biggest employer for yeah, a they, while in mount vernon washington they were the biggest employer I think for a little they while. had 70 or 80 employees at one time at was, and it's a small it's a little town that's, that's huge yeah yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's just such a different um, business to oh, yeah. be up in that yeah. area. It seems like Grandpa moved up there from from Southern California, um, but you would think something like that would be down here, where yeah. all of the, right. the tiki stuff right, is. Right. But it made sense up there. It was his idea to do wood carvings because wood that cedar was so plentiful right. and it was so cheap. Yeah, it back was like then it was considered garbage wood. Yeah, it was garbage wood because yeah. it, it, structurally it's not that great it's for building. It's so yeah. soft. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now so it's outrageously expensive. Yes, it is. What brought him up there in the first place? Um, he, so he, uh, he actually went to Huntington Beach High School. Oh, he did? Yes, he, he dropped out at 17 and joined up in the Navy to, to fight in World War II. He was stationed out in the South Pacific on a floating dry dock. When the war was over, he moved back, um, got married, had a couple kids, was um, enrolled in LA art school. Okay. Um, got his GED, then he got, um, the military paid for him Used to go to college. Bill, yeah. yeah, and he was working in the oil business but painting on the side, and he was doing um, work for magazines and advertising and stuff. His cousin was up in in where we live in the Pacific Northwest and had started an import art business called Whitco Decor, Western International Trading. Actually, then it was just called Whitco. Yeah, With Western, Western International, International Trading Company. Yes, and he, they wanted my grandpa to go up and, and work with them. And Grandpa carved a little tiki idol out of a bar of ivory soap, shipped it up there. It was the Big Joe, which I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's I a really know. simplistic really totem, like three heads stacked upon each other. And they loved it. Oh yeah, Grandpa, I, know, I know that one. Yeah, I think I have a mug of that. Yeah, yeah, you probably Ken do. made a Ken made a mug. Yeah, uh, I have a Whitco style mug up there. Now that I look at it, that's it's not a fortune that one. god. Yep. Yeah. This this was in that same yeah, time yeah. period. Ken did the mug. Yeah. yeah um, I don't think I was able to get that one. I think yeah. it sold out. Too that was quickly. the very first one we we ever did with Monkey. Miles. Did yeah, it? Miles did. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, anyway, he they he carved that he he. They loved it. He went up to Washington, 
carved it for actually they had one carver i think that he taught grandpa how to carve carved the big joe six feet tall cedar big like what do you would you say the dimensions it's were 12 by 12 by Ken, six feet. ken's carved them they're huge 12 by 12 yeah um that's gigantic yes i have a carved a six i'm supposed to carve a six footer <laughs> uh, i've carved some four footers out of eight by eight but i have i've literally have two 12 by 12s and i'm supposed to do one they're gigantic they're huge i can't they're monsters so after he carved the big joe Everyone loved it. He brought it all the way back down to Southern California and brought it to a um, a show. It was like an interior furniture. furniture design show and presented it, and it was the hit of the show. And from then on, the orders just started pouring in, not for any of the imported art that his cousin was doing, but all of Grandpa's designs. And wow. that, that Big Joe is what started the whole yeah. thing. And wow. so then he moved my grandma and my dad and my uncle up there to Mount Vernon, and everyone's been up there ever since. And the rest is history. Yeah, and then showrooms just sprung up all across the country. Yeah. Midwest, wow. Beverly Hills, East Coast. Yep, Chicago. Yep. That's interesting. I love that that. He wasn't the one that started the Whitco brand. <laughs> no, but but what's funny is the two other partners. He within that first couple years, he was he was the owner. Yeah, they both said, "Okay, pay me out. I'm leaving." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they he took over, early. and the, he made it into a huge company. Yeah. Um, and that it was, was only uh, his. I mean, he had some other designers later on, but. He designed so, so many things. Many. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Will Rongo, right? That was that's later. later. That was yeah. later. Okay. Yeah. That's after 1965. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was just a, a series of some wall pieces that he um, enlisted um, Gordon Robb and Ronald, Ronald Hovde, two of, they were his friends, but they also worked for him. And those were pieces desi designed by the three of them. Gotcha. And they, they combined the name. Right. Although right. you will find worlds that say Will Ron go on them every once in but a while. But that's wrong. Yeah, and it wasn't, it was actually, the world was before. Way before. Yeah. So why are they marked that way? I Someone in the factory fact. mislabeled them. It's oh, so gotcha. funny. You can find six of the same Whitco pieces and they are so different, it's crazy. Because really? different yeah, because people different made them. Because different people carved oh. them. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, it's, it's so bizarre how different they look. I mean, they're, they're mostly the same, similar. but they're always different. The template Grandpa would make. So yeah. they're similar, but then a carver, especially, he did not like hard hiring artists at all because they'd always try to put their own little they spin. They always want to put their spin yeah. on yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, so you'll you'll find that a lot. Yeah. I think too, as as the years passed, maybe they redid their templates or whatever, mm -hmm. and they would forget a piece that that was on the old one or whatever because there's there's wall plaques and stuff that are literally like completely different. Yeah, like actually, they, like they missed a whole section. Yeah, with like the, the face is gone. Like, uh, oh, what is it? Called? Conversation. Yeah, the conversation. There's another one. Um, oh shoot, I can't remember what it's called now. But it's literally, it's different. I mean, it's completely different. Yeah. So I've re I've redone them before, and I'm like, well, geez, I've got these pictures, and they're completely different. Which one do right. I do? You know, kind of pick your middle. <laughs> yeah, right. you do. You kind of yeah. mix you mix them together and make it. So, yeah. 
or you try to like that's what it was called you try to look at both of those and you try to interpret what you think he meant yeah he meant yeah yeah the the design that he gave them yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so are you um can we talk about the new mug that you have coming out yeah so yeah. let's talk about that, and then uh, so I know that it's based on um, some of the stuff that you've made that I that you showed me at the hardcore marketplace. Yeah. So, are you sculpting any of that? I'm not. I'm I'm literally what I do on mugs usually is I will do a carving. Mm-hmm. It's like for Big Joe with Miles, I did a Big Joe carving for Miles, a little three footer, and I sent it to him. Okay, and then they and reinterpreted then he it. sculpted it. Yep based on the carving and the same with the mug you have up there the fortune god i sent right. him a carving uh oak wash did a mainlander style fountain or mainlander uh fisherman god style fountain everybody calls it the mainlander yeah because it's well what came first the the fisherman god came first oh it did yeah, yeah the so mainlander, the mainlander they, stole it they, they took had the design. it yeah. they had grandpa's piece in their restaurant and yeah. then they adopted it for all their yeah. men yeah. for all their menus and and their barware and their yeah. napkins and their mug yeah. they they took it so so then everyone started calling it the mainlander main yeah, yeah yeah well that's the thing is that if you call it the mainlander i know exactly which one you're talking you know, about exactly yeah I, and it's that's true. what's funny is i don't call it the fisherman god usually i call it the mainlander well but when we when that. we made the mug though we felt like we should name it what grandpa called yeah it. we you should it. absolutely yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. it was a fisherman that's god. what he would want you to call it right yeah. he might actually be angry if you called it the yeah mainlander, <laughs> right? he might yeah he might say hey wait a second yeah are you calling Calling it that, yeah. I was just curious, like if you had worked with Clay and how different that was from what you're normally used to doing. Clay is so hard <laughs> we, to I'm, deal with we've because it's, around, it's, but it's like it's hard. For we me. leave it yeah. to the experts. Yeah. 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 Well, for some people, it's easy. For Not some people, for they just really knock things out with they it. They do. Yeah. But then, you know, the mentality is different too. So, you know, like a sculptor will say when they make a mug. They're taking the clay and then they're building it into the shape that they need it to be. A carver subtracts from what Mm -hmm. they have to make what they want it to be. So they'll look at a log and they'll say they'll see the tiki inside the log and then they remove things to 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 make it that shape where it's the exact opposite Opposite for a sculptor. Right. Yep. Where they start with like just a lump. And then they build from there, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it's a different thing. I was just curious if you'd tried both because oh, I've tried a I've tried a little bit, but it's <laughs> it's it's pretty hard. Just I've, like the pendants, even pendants for me. I mean, I've, I've I'll do I do little carvings every once in a while, and I'll be honest, I can do a four foot carving way faster than I can do a two sure. two inch carving. Sure, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. Well, because the the also that's a different kind of skill. You got to. You got to use hook knives. Yeah, and, it's just yeah. Know, I've I, I, I've done a little bit of that, and uh, you know, if you're not careful, you can you can give yourself a pretty nasty gash. Oh yeah. Where mm-hmm. with uh, with the chainsaw, chainsaw, you know, like you could be a lot more cautious. Yeah. I assume if you're that's the tool you're used to working. Yeah. With. Yeah. Wow. Well, interesting stuff, man. Um, where do you guys see yourselves in the next couple of years with the with the business? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, do you, do you, do you really see would... yourself like doing what your grandfather did, having other helpers no, come in and do? I don't. I don't. I, I see us branching out 
into more mugs, more shirts, more uh, prints, s- prints and stuff. Books. That's, yeah. But and then as far as the carvings go, we'll always do carvings and have carvings. Um, but I, I think we'd want to keep it that part of it smaller and more I don't know more it's just, one of a kind for one more, more like a, a, a finer piece of yeah. art mm-hmm. less yeah. I don't think we're interested in having a big company I'm and so we're, picky and, I'm, I just oh, plus hence, you're you're probably in a little like a sweet spot right now where the business is busy enough to keep you uh, doing it as oh, a full time yeah. job yep. and you don't want it to become specifically that right where you grow it into like yeah. a, a bigger thing yeah. and that just becomes a job our yeah. bummer is is we want everybody to have some and unfortunately it's, it's really hard to make sure, sure everybody has some. we can't keep up really yeah. that's i mean we have all these shows and stuff we well, get I'm glad invited I got my to. piece now yeah. yeah yeah so what is that four feet yeah i think so uh yeah. we should measure it it might even be it might be a little over taller than yeah. four feet i think it's a 12 inch log too back in Back when I was doing those, because you don't do those anymore, right? Uh, I'll do logs, do you, just do you not do very logs? often. Yeah, Nar- a lot more narrow than that. Yeah. They're smaller and now. not that yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, that piece is in the tiki modern. Is it? Oh, you're, yeah. not, not yours, yours specifically, but the, the, but the, you, one is. the yeah. picture yeah, that design. we showed, and you said I want that. Yeah, that picture's in tiki modern, lined up in front of our old porch. Yeah, yeah. So those are called uh, butt ends. I used to go down to the log yard telephone pole yard log yard yeah and pull up in my truck and there would be piles of they're called butt ends they're just the cutoffs of the the fat the poles the fat end of the poles and they'd get this huge forklift and just start dropping these things in my truck his little toyota (laughs) and they were cheap back then you could you know but you could only haul like eight or ten of them at a time at the most and i'd come back home and start carving them and now they can't you sent me down there to get them yes sent her down there one time she was very happy <laughs> she still looks angry about I that I am <laughs> scared the yeah, I'm sure it did so these, those were the days man where you could get your logs for cheap mm-hmm. and then like I don't remember what I paid for that but I know I didn't pay that much yeah I can't remember either. I don't remember either. especially like what tiki's are going for today they're they're yeah they're crazy today yeah yeah but uh Dude, I mean, were, like, at, but at the time when I you paid a good it, price, for I it. paid a good oh, price. Oh yeah, because I you remember, probably paid a hundred bucks a foot, maybe, right? I think nah, I, I don't think, doubt that much. I think he charged me somewhere in the three or four hundred dollar yeah. range. Yeah, and then like another uh, maybe like eighty bucks for shipping, maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah. So because yeah. it was a big log wrapped in cardboard, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 bulky, it's heavy, and it's awkward. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. Yeah, I've, it's that was the glory days too of eBay. Yeah. So you, I would do a log, and I was so new to this stuff. You know, I would do one and I would throw it on eBay, and it was just like you just never knew what the heck was going to happen. And it was so fun the last five minutes on eBay. Yeah. It it would you know it was just a blast back yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seeing those numbers go just, up, and yeah. up the and last up five and minutes, up, and yeah. Like, oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different it's a different game on eBay these days. Yeah, we just didn't know back then that other people liked this stuff. Like Ken started carving and he'd put it on there, and people would go nuts for it. Well, I remember we had no idea that there were other people. 
I remember the early days of Tiki Central. I remember when you were first learning and you were posting yeah. all the pictures mm-hmm. on Tiki Central. Yeah, so I found out about Tiki Central because I had made a mask and put it on eBay. And uh, I don't know how... I think Sven maybe told, told us. Well, yeah, Sven came up and visited Bill because he was doing the book on right. Bill. Right, Um But I don't think... Someone told us, they're, hey, they're talking yeah, about they're you talking over there. Yeah, they're talking about you on Tiki Central. And I go, Tiki Central? What's Tiki Central? Right. So then I got on the internet and figured out Tiki Central. And it's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it changed Ken's life. It's yeah, a I big was, deal. He, it's like, every night he was on there just night. chatting just, with everybody. Yeah, checking and, out all the new stuff. It's, every day there was so much cool stuff to see on Tiki Central. Those were the golden years. The, the, that was when people were posting, like, there was always new discoveries. Always. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Some new menu or some new mug yep. or some postcard or some, uh, you know, Wicker's granddaughter or... Um, you know, like it was that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh, this is so and so. My my uncle used to own the blah blah blah, or yeah. my mm-hmm. my grandmother was the person who did this, or my grandfather was the person who did that, and like, you know. And then just to see all the other guys uh, creating stuff too, right? You know, right? You guys swapping um, tips yeah. and yeah. like. Yeah, all, all kinds of stuff, and Just, like, and people being really nice to each being other. Being nice too. to each other these days, it's like you know, cultural appropriation. This and that's not tiki, and blah blah blah. Yeah, and like it's, you know, I it it actually like, it turned me off so much that I I disconnected myself from most of the tiki groups on Facebook. Actually, I really hate Facebook because of that kind of stuff. So I rarely post on Facebook. Really, it's just to mm-hmm. help promote my show. But um, I'll see stuff on there and I think like, you guys look like idiots. You know, like... <laughs> it's sad, know, really. Yeah, it is sad. Like, yeah. arguing on the internet, mm-hmm. like, you think you're going to win that argument? No. You're just going to... You're, you're going to look like a pouting little child. Mm-hmm. Both sides. Yeah. Because you're sitting there, you're just arguing into the void with a stranger and you're both trying to you're prove not, each other right. And there, mind. You're not going to change anybody's mind. For eternity, And there written. it is for eternity. Yeah, written. Yeah. It's just... You look like idiots. Yeah, you know? it's really sad. So I, I don't even, I don't reply. I don't do any of that. And I, whether I agree or disagree, and sometimes I get really like worked up inside. It ruins I, you. It ruins it your mood. And, and it's just like, you know what? Like, I don't want to have any part yeah. of that, you know? And, you know, and sometimes I get comments like that on on my um, my my stuff, on, my, on the podcast or on the YouTube and stuff. And... Used to really bother me until I've met some other vloggers, like really big name vloggers with millions of subscribers. And one of them said to me, you know, you can control that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but you know, he's like, no, he's like, I have an assistant. All his job is to do is look for negativity. And anything that's negative, I delete it. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I don't want anything negative on my page. It's Mm -hmm. my page. Positivity only. Yeah. And so I thought, yeah, I should do that. So I do that. If there's anything negative, I just delete it. You know, hmm. like I don't need to see that. And one time I was doing that, even on Facebook, like some something was being criticized, a place that I went to or whatever, and I was deleting all the negative stuff. And someone said, "You're deleting comments. That's not good." And I said, "It's my page. I can do what I want with my page. You want the negativity on your page? Be my guest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't live like that. No, so. no. it brings you down. I, no, it brings you down. Yeah." And I, I tend to stay away from Facebook and stuff sometimes, too, just because 
It'll bring me down. We and I, and we I don't, use social media. Yeah, Heather's the and I I'm the one that yeah, takes she care takes of care it. Of most and of it. it. I, I don't let things get to yeah. me like Ken does. It's perfect for me to take care of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I say if I want to. If I want to carve and be in a good mood, I definitely don't get on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, social media is a tool uh, that can be used in all kinds of different ways. And, you know, you guys choose to use it positively. So that's that's a great way to market your brand. Yeah. It's a great way to, uh, you know, to, to, to spread the style of art that you guys are doing. People love it. Yeah. And it's a great way to um, carry the legacy. Right? We're, we're lucky and we don't we don't really get any negative posts. Like, now and then. Yeah. I delete much. them before Ken sees there them. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. And, so we, and you're right, Adrian. We I use I use it to promote our business. But I also make sure that I'm spreading our vibe. Mm-hmm. I try to always be positive. I always try to um talk about our family legacy and right. um, you choose your narrative I do and mm-hmm. I um, I get a lot we get a lot of positive feedback yeah. because we're attracting the energy that we're exuding yeah yeah, yeah. so it works out basically so we get like I say we get a ton of questions so I'm con- I'm helping with questions nonstop. but yeah for the people most, appreciate most it part Good. and then if I post a picture or or a reel, my first reel a couple right, of weeks right. ago. Oh my gosh. Heather's like, oh geez, did you really do that? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have. There it is. I'll stay in the garage and just carve. There it is. Well, for all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening to another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. If they want to find you guys online or see any of your work, where can we send them? Litgodecor.com is our website. Um, you can find us on Instagram under Whitco Decor. Um, we have a official Facebook that we share. Um, it's it's Whitco Decor as well. It has my grandfather's picture on it, and we share a lot of vintage tips on um, finding vintage Whitco, helping to identify pieces. We share a lot of um, historical information there, and. Um, those are the places you can yeah. find us. We have Pleasant Tiki also, but that's more mine page. Personal. And, and that's where we can I, find the real, right? That, 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 that's no, never, actually, I put it on right. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, Pleasant Tiki just yeah. sits there. I don't really do okay. much on there. Heather shares yeah. everything to it, but yeah. awesome. I, I don't Whit do go to core Facebook, Whit go to core Instagram, and witgotocore.com for buying pieces. Love it. Yeah. And we'll put that in the description as well if you guys are sitting at your phones or your laptops. Uh, you can just click on the link there. Uh, if you guys want to follow our adventures, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop. And the archive for the podcast is on our website, desertoasisroom.com. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. We appreciate you. And we bid you a cheers and aloha. Aloha.